And we're live. Another episode of Athletic Insights, which is a podcast, which is to be a resource for uh, the youth sports community, coaches, parents, organizations, and young athletes looking to get a glimpse in, in behind the scenes of elite athletics. I'm joined by my guest, Jackson Bales of the Calgary Dinos men's basketball program. Jackson, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Super excited to have you on. I've been looking forward to this for for uh, for a while now. It was actually, uh, I really originally wanted to get you on with Connor, the the two of you, which we'll we'll be able to do in the future now. But yeah, um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, how are things? How's school? How's basketball? Yeah, things are going pretty good right now. Uh, school. We just started a new semester. We've been traveling a lot these past three weekends. We've been away. So missing a couple of classes, trying to stay up to date with that. But basketball is going really well. We just beat Sask, who I think was ranked fourth in Can West, and we swept them by 35 the first night and 20 the next night. So we're we're headed to Alberta next week, which is the toughest. They're second in Can West, um, behind you guys. Yeah, behind us. So that's going to be our toughest since uh since UBC. That'll be our toughest matchup so far, and we're we're feeling pretty ready and pretty confident about it. I think. Awesome, and we're going to dive into all that stuff in in uh, in a short while here. But just to get started, why don't you you know tell the listeners at home just a little bit about um, growing up in in Brockville and uh, you know what local basketball means to you and, and how it brought you to Calgary for your yeah, undergrad. For sure, um, I mean having my dad was a big part of my basketball journey, and he started the. I mean, he's played a big part of the Blazers organization and just kind of leading the way with that he's been awesome and he's I have I mean I owe a lot to him for what he's done but I think I started off not actually playing at Brockville I started up um in a house league in like Nepean we were driving up three times a week and then a novice in Nepean and Bedrock um and just (laughs) traveling around going to different places and trying to figure out where we can play basketball until finally we got I think it was that with Connor that first team that we had where we were like Three years too young to be playing in our division, but we finally had a real team in Brockville. Right. Um, and that was, I mean, from that moment on, that was a bunch of fun with those guys. And that's when I kind of started taking it a little more seriously and realized that I was somewhat skilled at the game when I worked hard. Has it always been basketball for you or did you play a little bit of everything growing up? No, I definitely played everything growing up. Um, I loved football. That was short lived. But I, I, I mean, it was so much fun. I still sometimes wish I played football. It, it's so much fun. It is a very tough decision. Uh, a lot of people don't know this about me, but you actually might. Basketball is my favorite sport. Uh, really? But yeah, it's my favorite sport by by a long shot. And it's not to even play close, to play and to watch. And it's not even close. I just wasn't as good at it. Like there's there's no yeah. no scenario in in reality where I get to play basketball in university, <laughs> you know, I just didn't, I didn't put the work in when I was young and I, I had other skills. So yeah, know, it, it is what it is, but no, it is uh, 100% my favorite sport to, to play and watch. And uh, I'm probably going to get into coaching soon, but That's um, awesome. yeah, just to touch on that, you know, me and you had just briefly been talking about the recent tragedy in uh, the world and the NBA and, and, um, and just really, really briefly before we get too deep into this, I wanted to just to get your opinion on like what he means to you as, uh, you know, cause you've also been, been labeled as one of the most pure shooters in, in <laughs> basketball and in Canada. I remember that when you were getting recruited. Uh, yeah. Um, so just like, what did Kobe, um, Kobe's mentality and his game, did it inspire you at all? Or, 
Um, early on, I was not a Kobe fan at all because I was a Celtics fan, and I, I mean, I hated that guy. He was everything that I stood against. He was cocky. I didn't really have a real grasp on who he was as a as a person. I just saw him on the court. Right. Um, but as I grew up and as I, I mean, I still love the Celtics, but I just enjoyed basketball more and watching it than cheering on one team. And uh, once he retired, I think I really just appreciated. I mean, he's more than just a basketball player. Like he just everything that in his life, he just took so seriously, and he took so like he just worked hard at it and wanted to be the best at it. I think that's a huge inspiration is outside of basketball, what he's done for everything and just how, how he's evolved as a person and, and as a father. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm also a, I'm currently a diehard Celtics fan. So it's, it's actually funny when, when I talk about the Kobe, the Kobe Bryant thing, because I, I've, I've always liked him even, even when we played against him, because yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that people, again, you, you'll, you'll know this about me is that like, I'm just obsessed with winning. And yeah. that didn't just come from strictly within. Like I grew up watching um, Michael Jordan on YouTube and, and Kobe Bryant on YouTube and watching documentaries and getting inside their psyche. So um, to an extent, they're not just, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, they're not just basketball mo- role models. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're role models for anyone in sport. So for sure. And even outside of sports, even just in your life, just yeah, that drive and that determination. pursuit of excellence. Right. Yeah, for sure. So anyways, yeah, back to uh, back to Jackson Bales. So let's just talk a little bit about um, your high school experience in Brockville. And, and uh, I remember even in grade, when you were in grade nine, you were playing um, grade 12 basketball and you were the starting point guard. Um, so like, what did that mean to you when you started to get that recognition so young? Uh, it was cool. I remember being a little worried about that. Cause that doesn't, I mean, it happens a lot outside of Brockville and I think it happens a lot now, but I remember being like kind of the first person to do someone's got in Brockville and being a little worried about how it would be taken and wondering if I was really good enough to play um, at that level. But looking back, I'm so thankful I did. I mean, to get to play against the best competition and just grow as a player was what really took me to the next level, I think. And that year helped a lot is seeing that there's like, there's so much more to it and I have so much more to work on. Um, But that was an awesome year. I think Devin was on our team that year and we had Elijah and Mitchell and, I definitely wasn't the uh, a super key fact to that team. I le- I think I learned a lot more. You're being very year. humble. You were being very <laughs> humble. I watched some of those games. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean that was it was it was a big learning experience for me and to learn what like to how to lead and stuff too. Um, all those guys made it a lot of fun. I think it was really the year after that when I was in grade ten, and a couple other guys played up with me that. I started to actually realize that I was I was better than I was giving myself credit for at first, I think. And mm-hmm. I I started to enjoy the game and just kind of realize that I could take it to the next level if I kept working as hard as I was. When did you first realize that you had uh, a gift? And when did you put all your effort into basketball? I think pretty early on when I started with the Blazers and when I first realized that there was something to it. I think my dad helped that. He, I mean, he. We worked a lot. It was my shot that really separated me early on, mm-hmm. um, and all all the credit for that goes to my dad. We just spent so much time and so many hours working on that, and it's something that not a lot of kids get to do. And so I was ahead of the curve early on. Right. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I would have had the confidence to think that I was actually good enough to keep going. And so I think that's attributed a lot to my success, but. It was really in that grade 10, grade 11 year that I was like, okay, there's, this isn't just in my head. Like I, I mean, you always got to think you're the greatest and you always got 
mm-hmm. have a little chip on your shoulder. But it was it, that year and that that grade eleven mixtape was when I realized, okay, I can do something special with it. For sure. And also, I mean, that's kind of the exact time when you got kind of put on my radar. Um, I must have been in grade, I must have been in grade 12 or done high school when you came into high school. But um, yeah, we were always still playing pickup together. Um, yeah, for with sure. Elijah and whoever else was around. Yeah. And I mean, since you were like 13 or 14 years old, I certainly saw it in you. Like, um, you talk oh, about yeah. your shooting, but you also have uh, a really high IQ and you can make you can make the plays and you're so skilled with the ball. So um, just, you, man, I appreciate you, that. you keep eating and you keep in the weight room, man. And, and you go into your <laughs> frame, which you, you still are. I, I, I see a, I see a future in basketball for you, not just uh, four years of college. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm definitely, that's something I've been working on a lot this year. I've put on about 10 pounds this year. It's tough, man. It's, it's tough to maintain weight. I'm trying to figure out how to do it, but my, like being in second year has definitely helped a lot. I feel a lot more comfortable on field. I feel like I've gained a lot more this year than I had the year before. That's awesome. And let's just uh, talk a little bit uh, for listeners at home. There's a lot of young kids who are, who don't know where to start with the process of not only getting um, ready physically, but where to start with recruiting. So just talk a little bit about where your, where your uh, recruiting process started coming from Brockville. Um, so I released two videos. I think, first of all, you got to get yourself on the map with, I mean, YouTube videos. That's kind of where we are today. Yeah. You got to get a highlight tape of some sort out there. Um, I released two in grade 10 and then it was my one in grade 11 that my dad, he really helped out with it. And my mom too. Um, we just sent it out. We got a recruiting service. We got some sort of free trial with it and we just sent it out to, I mean, everyone that we could. And posted on YouTube. And that's when we started getting emails. And I mean, luckily enough, I had a good year that year. And it was just, it worked out. And so I had a bunch of people, I mean, just reaching out. And nobody emailed me without me emailing them them first. So it was... Thank you. It's Thank you for saying that. Because every single athlete that we have had on has, has, has also said that. There's yeah. zero athletes on this podcast to date who receive the contact first so it's it's i just wanted to harp on that point that it's so important for the young kids at home that you if you're not sending emails it's not happening so uh keep going jackson sorry yeah no no matter how good you are i mean you gotta reach out they gotta see that you want to play for them even if it's just that um so we reached out to a bunch of schools and i mean i think we went on so then they started hitting back and I was trying to decide where, what level I wanted to play at. And at first, like any kid, I was set on D1. I was like, anything below that, and I just, it's just not worth it. Since then, I've come a long way, and I've learned a lot. But that was, I mean, that's where my head was at first. And so the D1 schools just weren't reaching out to me, and I was upset, and I didn't really know what to do about it. And then we found uh, NAIA, and they were, like, those were the schools that were really reaching out to me and really interested and so we started doing, we did road trips. We did like three, maybe weekend road trips or one week long road trip down to the States. And we would just hit every school along the way that had reached out. Okay. Um, and I just couldn't find the right one. Like I just, bless you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I just couldn't, I couldn't find the, the right fit. Nothing felt like it was the perfect one. And it's, I think we were going to them, like we were seeing the campus and nothing felt completely right. And then on halfway through like a road trip for fun with my cousin, I stopped at the Dinos facility and just kind of hung out with the coach. And immediately 
it just clicked and it felt right. Um, wow. And it was the first, I mean, I had visited maybe upwards of 70 schools at that point. Well, maybe, maybe 50, 50 schools. You took 50 trips. Good for you. We did. We visited so many. I was so set on cause I had, I'm, I don't know. I'm big on culture and I'm big on just having good teammates and good people around no matter how good the team is. It's just, it's more about the people around you mm-hmm. and I couldn't find the right thing. And I really wanted to make sure that the next four or five years of my life were at the right place. And so I finally, it was at the very end of my decision. I even, I took an extra year off after high school um, because I just, I, I was stressing out. I couldn't figure out where I wanted to go and I didn't want to make the wrong decision. And coming to Calgary, it just, you can just, I mean, I just felt it right away. And I'm very happy with my decision now. Right. How, so how did Calgary originally get put on your roster? And then just talk a little bit about the men's and women's basketball programs. For sure. Um, originally, Matt Skin, who's not with us anymore, he's coaching at Cape Breton. Um, he reached out to me, I think, when I was in grade 10. And I just kind of brushed him off. I responded because I think it's important to always keep connections and like to keep people in, in your good books. But I just kind of brushed it off as another Canadian school. And I was set on D1. Um, but he was he was consistent, man. He was always, always getting to me and messaging me and asking me what I was up to. And he just it just so happened that I was driving by on my road trip. And he was like, you should come by and watch a game. And so it worked out. And, I mean, I'm so thankful for him and, sir, and for what he did for me because I, I, I couldn't be happier at the school that I'm at right now. That's awesome. Um, and, yeah, I mean, so we got – our men's program right now, I'm not exactly sure the number. We're on like a 48-game win streak in conference. Our women's team uh, ranks second in the nation, I believe. They're 15-1. and one. It's, So you guys are you both go. in the mix there with Carlton. Yeah, for sure. That's huge. So for, for those at home who, who don't really truly understand um, the dominance that Carlton's basketball program has had, especially on the men's side, I think they've won, and, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jackson, but 13 of the last 15 national championships. Yeah, I don't like saying it, but yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so their, their head coach there, Dave Smart, built, uh, built a program that was not only respected by Division One programs, but also feared. A lot of schools wouldn't play Carleton yeah. um, because they, the they, knew they, they knew that they were going to lose, and they knew that it would uh, just cause issues in, among the hierarchy of sports. So Yeah. Yeah, so the fact that you're, you know, you're second in the country – um, just behind them, it speaks volumes to the program that uh, Calgary has. Yeah, for sure. And I think Canada basketball as a whole, I think it's, I think it's really, I mean, in the past 10 years, it's just gone up a whole nother level. And we're playing D1 teams now, too, in the summer. And we're, we're always, I mean, it's never a blowout. It's always a fight. And I think just the whole U sports CAS scene has really, in basketball terms, has really gone up a level recently. 100%. It's just, it's a sport that's growing. It's it's, yeah. it's it's accessible and it's it's easy to it's just easy to have access to a ball and a net. So yeah, it's it's a sport that's growing everywhere in the world. I think me and Connor were talking about that on our podcast. Yeah, um, but now that I've brought him up, what uh, what role did you and Connor kind of play in each other's life growing up in a small town? Um, Connor's an unreal man. Um, he he works so hard. His his work ethic, I mean. More so, he's had much more of an impact in work ethic than Kobe had on me. He watching him work and watching him turn into the player that he's become has like and just inspired me to keep working. And even on the days when I don't feel like doing it, I I know that Connor's out ambitious right now, working hard, and so it, it gets me going. Um, as a friend too, I mean, we just we played basketball together for 
so long for like 15 years um and so i mean his his impact on, he's pushed me to work harder and he's always there in my corner he's he's a good dude yeah i know for sure and it's one of the points we always harp on this podcast is it's so important to surround yourself um with people on the same mission in life with you yeah. like the so the fact that you and connor are both these small town kids you know being grade two and three playing on a grade six team, like just so you could have a team to play on. Um, yeah. You, you guys have definitely had something special from the get go. And it's just, it's so cool for me to see as like slightly older um, that the younger kids are, they're getting opportunities now. Like, um, whereas when I was growing up, that didn't happen. Like, you know, like we talk about, like we had like Reese Larry and Trent Corny, but like, that was really it. Tim Netto. Like, yeah, there was the, yeah, anom- those are big names. Those though. are the big names. Those are the yeah. anomalies. Right. And now it's, that you know, Brock was getting put more on the map because of those people. So, um, yeah, the community, sure. the sports community in Brockville is really growing, um, and it's awesome. That's what this podcast is here to do, and that's what it's been doing. Um, so, for example, um, one of the athletes I work with, she, she's 15. I won't name her, but she's playing a, a prep school basketball in Hamilton, and she's just yeah. going, going through some growing pains. Being a grade 10 on a, a prep varsity yeah, team is not sure. easy. So I just said, you know what, I can, I can help you with this and that, but I really think I want you to talk to Victoria Everett because I think that you're going to relate to her more than me. So they, they they went out and had, they didn't even know each other and they went out and had a coffee at Starbucks and they just talked about some of the struggles that she was going through. And like, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't thank Victoria enough. Like I'm going to have to reimburse her for that cup of coffee or something because (laughs) like that's what this is, this is supposed to do. It's just supposed to grow sports and, and grow the youth sports community in Brockville. So yeah um, to date it's doing uh doing its job i just want to ask you quickly what are your goals moving forward with uh with basketball at calgary so you're in your second year of calgary right now and you guys uh, are yeah definitely definitely in a big spot to make another nationals push yeah yeah 100 percent. i'm actually in my first year of eligibility because last year i had to redshirt i uh i broke my thumb in our second game which sucked right but we Plus uh, in disguise yeah yeah for sure actually i'm thankful for it now um yeah i mean i i we i think we got a good shot at winning nationals this year we keep our team every every player on our team is staying um we have no fifth years for the following year so i think that that's i mean we got another great shot at it and years after that we have so many good young guys on our team that i don't think it's ever gonna nationals will never not be our end goal it'll never be to win can west or to make the playoffs it'll always be to to get to nationals and to win it overall Mm mm-hmm so just like to be simple, your goal is to win nationals this year and next year. Yeah, and the year after that, hopefully all five years. That would be. Oh yes, you have five years eligibility. Fantastic. Yeah. What uh, What has been your biggest uh, success in sports so far, and, and your biggest uh, low your your lowest point? Um, success. I can't really. I mean, I think just getting to this team has been my biggest success, and finding my role in it, and getting to a to be i mean on a team that's second in the nation i sat back and i realized that i like it, this was kind of what i dreamed of as a kid i remember taking shots in uh in bci and imagining playing against carlton for the national championship and hitting free throws or doing whatever i'm doing and so i think that this just being here and i mean obviously i'm not happy or fulfilled with what i've done so far i want to do more and we we still have a national championship to, championship to win and i haven't won one of those yet but 
just being here and making it to this point so far, I'm pretty proud of. Um, yeah, I think, I think visualization is important. Um, yeah. you know, Connor talked about it too, that he always believed he could. And, and I'm definitely someone who I also just kind of saw myself after my very first football practice when I was in grade 10, I was like, yeah, there's something here. Yeah. And I'm sure, and I'm sure you felt the same way as, at a young age with the basketball. Yeah, for sure. It never really felt like a choice. It was always, I mean, it, not that I was forced into it, but it just was always like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to succeed in basketball, whether it's you like it or not it's got it's got to find a way to work out because it's care about it um yeah so um did you have any perceived failures in sport that maybe that now looking back on it um a little bit more mature that you could see it as like a positive um my cta my grade 12 year was a tough year for me i started off with my appendix rupturing um I got back into the lineup like three months after that. I was I lost like fifteen pounds or like twenty pounds. The hospital, Jesus. it was a uh, yeah. It was not, it was not no fun. Um, and I finally got back and I was getting like I was kind of getting my spot back on the roster. And then I hurt my back and I had was basically out till two weeks before the championship. Um, and I remember definitely at moments during that year thinking, you know what, maybe basketball isn't what I want to do and like just doubting myself, I think, and injuries, I mean, they always, they're tough. My injury mm-hmm. last year was, it definitely, it plays an impact not having the sport and not getting to do what you love. Um, what what keeps you, you know, in those low moments when you're, you're, you know, you're having your self doubt and you're, you're not sure how you're going to, uh, how you're going to move forward. Like what gets you through that specifically? Like what's your why, what's your internal motivation um, to be an elite basketball player at this point in your life? I think it's just that I've already put in so much work. I, I've always just seen myself playing basketball. I never want it to end. I never, I mean, I know it will one day, mm-hmm. but, and well, I think that may even be more motivation is that it is going to end one day and well, I still have it and well, I still, still can, while I'm healthy and young, I want to enjoy it. And I want to see, I don't want to look back and think, Oh, I wish that I would have done more. Cause that's just, I mean, I don't want to live with that my whole life. I think, uh, yeah, for me too, that's, that's pretty similar. I just, I got to a point in grade maybe 12 when I was just like the last two years of like sports and being in the weight room and sacrificing. I was like, it had to have been for something like, yeah, at that yeah. point I had like no, op- no options to play football post-secondary. I hadn't even started the process. I was just like, but like there was something inside that I was just like, there, there's gotta be something to this. Like there was a yeah. reason I did. Or because otherwise you're just going to view it as a waste of time. Essentially, I was just yeah, like, yeah. That's not that's not how I operate. So yeah, yeah. For sure. I, I remember I, also thinking if I, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I never worked. I, every summer I was playing on a new basketball team, traveling, and I just I hated it. It sucked. It sucked being one of the few friends of mine that never worked, never made money, and that was like I. My goal was to pay off all those years of not working with free tuition, right? And that definitely was another motivator. So, so you you not only are uh, playing for for uh, Calgary, but you have a full scholarship as well. Then? Yeah, and and what is so? I, it's a little different in each province. So, what does your full scholarship entail out, out west? Uh, just tuition out here, right? Okay, and that's pretty similar to where I was in Quebec. Just tuition, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, I, I just want before we get too deep into this, I just kind of want um, to get your your advice for the young athletes in the community who are, again, like I said, they're, they're trying to get started. So you've already given us the highlight tape, but, um, you know, it's a hard thing to, it's a hard thing to do coming from Brockville when there's no 
specific infrastructure here to develop athletes into the next level. Obviously what I'm doing is just starting, but um, so for you specifically, what are, like, what did your process look like? Were you, when you were in high school, like, you know, were you getting up early for shots? Were you, were you doing Scott shots after school? Like what did your process look like? That was the Jackson Bales recipe. Um, I, my, my parents played a big part in it. My dad driving me, I would go up to train with, uh, or I would, sometimes I'd train, like take via, um, alone up to Ottawa, uh, twice a month or twice a week, sorry, to get just training sessions in with, uh, Merrick Palmer, who I used to work with. I'm still great friends with, um, up in Ottawa. Um, I mean, really just. I think the biggest thing to keep that I kept in my mind that helped me looking at it now is realizing that Brockville was just a small piece of what I wanted to do. It was knowing that there's so many other cities and so many other towns and so many other players out there that are doing exactly what they think. And just because I'm good in Brockville doesn't mean I'm good in Ottawa. It doesn't mean I'm good in, I mean, anywhere. And realizing that and never really settling for just being the the guy in Brockville or the guy in wherever I was. It's not about that. It's about being the best that you can be. Um, right. Like, right. So you're talking about like, uh, like self fulfillment and like, just like becoming the best version of yourself. Yeah, for right. sure. Right. Um, and yeah, not comparing you to others, like just making sure that you're, I just kind of try to stay on my path and it's taken me so far to somewhere that I'm happy with. Hopefully it'll keep going. Yeah, so I, I didn't even realize that you had a full five years of eligibility because of, of your red shirt. Like, what are, yeah. some of the, what are some of the things that you individually want to accomplish for, for your essentially five full years of eligibility now? Because you're already, like, essentially the sixth man or whatever, getting minutes. Um, you're going to be in a role, dude, whether it's next year or the year after, where you're getting a full, you know, 30 minutes a game to, to put stats up. Like, wh- where do you think basketball is taking you right now? Um, I don't know. I try not to look too far ahead. I like to focus on fair enough, fair what's enough. going on right now. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm really happy with my role in the team right now. And I'm, I mean, personally, my goal, I, I like, I just want to win a national championship. I would, I would love to get a national championship under my belt. I won one with CTA, but it didn't feel truly like mine because I wasn't getting many minutes and I was injured all year. Um, and also, I mean, a U Sports National Championship is different. I think that just to, I mean, I, I want to be in that that final game. I think every that year I, de- I, I definitely see that in your future, multiple national championship appearances, and at least one ring. Like, I truly see that for you. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, that's a, what I'm hoping for. A good buddy of mine. I actually bumped into Ottawa. I bumped into him in Ottawa this weekend. His name's Gavin Rash. He played. Uh, five years for Carlton and who obviously won five national championships in a row. But yeah. there's, there's a lot of similarities to the way you guys play basketball. He, he's a three point shooter. Yeah. Um, but you actually have maybe more of an arsenal to your game. So what are this, what are some of the things that like you are expanding on as you now have like more, more elite, more focused coaching? Um, a bunch. I mean, to have Van Horn, Dan Van Horn, our head coach, he's taught me a lot in my past year already. I think that I'm learning that I got a, slow it down sometimes um film is, has been really helpful and cool to get to just to like learn the game and also just watch it i mean i've always my dad's always recorded our games and i've been able to watch myself but i've never had people with the brains that our coaches have to be able to look at it and help me with it right um i mean 
I think that getting used to the speed of play, I'm still kind of getting. I'm still kind of getting my like hands around. Yeah, and I promise you, that's gonna slow down. I felt the exact same way my first couple years of of football, but um, I think this year or or definitely by next year, the game is gonna really slow down. And once that does, you're able to take all the new things that your coaches are going over with you and apply them. And that's really the, the beauty yeah. of the beauty of uh, the position you're in for sure. Yeah, for sure. And so getting the reps this year and getting the minutes that I'm getting this year, it's, it's really helpful and a big stepping stone for the years coming forward. Mm-hmm. You've, uh, you've mentioned your dad a few times now. Why don't you just talk about like the impact that he had on you and then, like even just Brock full basketball? Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, from, I think from the moment I was born, he tried to brainwash me into playing basketball. Luckily, it wasn't all brainwashed, and I actually enjoyed the sport, and I, I fell in love with it pretty quickly. But, yeah, he's he coached me up until I was – I think my first coach that wasn't him was when I was, like, 13. Um, but even then, he stayed coaching my teams. He, we did Brockville Elite a couple summers ago. Um, I mean, just – I think his biggest impact has been getting me exposure to places that – and, I, I mean, I love Brockville. I love Brockville basketball. But getting to see that there's more – out there and there's better players and there's more to it than just the place that I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, I mean, he's, he, he was my skills coach. He was my, my head coach for, I mean, he still is, he still gives me advice and helps me out. He's, and what he's done with Brock basketball. I mean, the guy, he, he works really hard at it and he, he cares about it a lot. And so he's, he's been definitely a huge role model for me. For sure. And now your family relocated and, and did that play any role in you staying in Canada for sports or did you ever think about like, tell me, tell me a little bit more about the D1 stuff. So was there just no interest or was the interest just more minuscule than the stuff in Canada? There were a couple of minor D1 schools that were interested. Um, I think I realized pretty quickly that I wasn't interested as much in the level of basketball as I was in the people around me. And, like, the quality of teammates and social interactions I get to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, in a lot of those, I mean, you hear a bunch of stories of Canadians going down and playing D1 ball and then just kind of hanging around on the bench for a couple of years till they realize that they come back to Canada and then they get to be a star. Um, and so I think that I kind of wanted to skip over that and just find a team that I actually fit in with and find a good culture. Um and I mean, also, there's the money factor. It's a lot more expensive to go down there than it is um, to stay here. And so, and they weren't offering me full rides. They weren't, it wasn't anything like that. I wasn't that good. So staying here definitely was the right decision for me. Right on, right on. And what are you, what are you studying right now at Calgary? Um, I actually just declared my major in philosophy and a okay. minor in uh, management in society. It's like a business minor. Right. Not really sure what I want to do with uh, with my life, but I've been really interested in philosophy since day one. Absolutely, um, a big a big part about like maturing in sport is is when you actually start to learn about like the psychological side and the cultural side, and then you can't go down that road without the philosophy side as well. So, um, a big part of of being the elite athlete is, is developing that your own philosophy in life and towards the game and how you're going to approach it. So why don't you just speak to a little bit about like the way you approach basketball? Yeah. I mean, I really just love it. It's, it's, it's so fun to get to play it. It's, 
something that I've, especially growing up now, realized that I only have a limited time to play and I'm trying to enjoy every second of it. Um, I also think that it's played a huge factor in my life of just like becoming a better person and just becoming the best that I can be. I think it through basketball, I get to go to university and I get to realize that if I work hard enough, then I I'll see the, the benefits of it and I'll, I'll gain from it. And if I stop working and if I take days off or if I don't really like put in the work that's necessary, then I'm going to, I'm going to get punished for it. And so that's a big, um, it's a big lesson for life. I think it's just like, you gotta, it, it, there's so many things that translate from basketball and sports in general, just to life. Right. And I've learned so much through my years, just kind of valuable lessons through it. What, uh, what do you want the next generation of young athletes and, and specifically basketball players to know about, um, you know, what it actually takes to get there? Like a lot of kids, they all have the dream, right? I want to get there, but they don't actually understand what it's going to entail once they get there in terms of like time and routine and, and, yeah. and just being tired all the time. Like you really have to love it. So yeah, for, yeah. I mean, I think that's it right there is you, it's not about getting, I think it has to be not about getting there. It has to be just about always improving and always being the best that you can be. Um, I think that if you set goals, it's good, but you need to realize that there's always going to be a, a bigger fish in the pond or there's always going to be something more that you can do. Um, and so just kind of focusing on you and making sure that you actually care about the sport. It's not something that's being forced upon you and it's something that you really want to, I mean, you got to commit your whole life to it. I, I've played basketball more than I've done anything else in my life other than sleep, maybe. Um, <laughs> and so you really, I mean, you're, it's, it's a, it's a full-time job and you got to be willing to give it, give it everything. I'm a, I'm a big believer of the 10,000 hour rule yeah. that, that Malcolm Gladwell speaks about in the book, uh, outliers, like what it, yeah. what it takes to become an outlier. Um, and I actually did some, just like some mental math a couple months ago and I was like, how, how many hours have I spent in the weight room? Like not even talking about youth sports and university sports and coaching, just like how many hours have I spent lifting weights? And I think it was over six or 7,000 hours. So yeah, you get there. When, well, when I was, when I got to that number, I was like, wow. And then you factor in all the youth sports and all the hockey and all the time you put into it. You're, you're 40, 50,000 hours into it before yeah. you're 25 years old. hundred percent, man. Right. So I don't know. I just, there's so, there's so much to learn from sport and there's so much to learn from youth sports and elite sports in general. And I just want to get a, a sense of what's your greatest takeaway so far been um, through, through playing sports from youth athletics all the way to where you are now? Um, I think my social connections, I think probably have been the thing that I'm most thankful for. Mm -hmm. I've just gotten to meet so many people along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, and people that are, will always be in my life and people that care about you, not just because of the sports you play or not just because of what you're doing, but I mean, there's so much more to it than just the sport. And so I think that just meeting people and making not connections, but making friends along the way is what I'm most like, cause I, without basketball, I mean, I, I think probably 90% of my friends I've met through basketball or basketball has impacted in some way. Mm -hmm. And even out just friends, just people who care about me and people who are with, like watching over me. I think I'm, that's what I'm most thankful for. That's my, my, I think that's what's the biggest blessing that's come from uh, playing basketball. No, for sure. I, I definitely feel that way about football too. I, 
I've said that like the coolest thing about it is it's just where it took you. Yeah, it, it, where it takes you and, and the people it, it makes you cross paths with that you in other sense wouldn't have gotten to. Um, I think that's the real beauty of when you actually um, get out of high school sports and you get to go play university, you get thrown on a team with, you know, 10 people from this area and five people from that area. And you just kind of yeah. get a great, greater appreciation for different cultures and individuals. So yeah, yeah, I, de- totally. I definitely, definitely agree with you there. Um, last thing, last thing I want to know is, uh, just some, some advice for kids in, in, in Brockville and other communities listening to this who, you know, they want to be, you know, not necessarily the next Jackson Bales, but they want to, you know, follow your footsteps and get to the next level and do, do all the things that you've been able to do so far. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, it, it just takes a lot of hard work and um, I think perseverance, the, the, the downtimes and the, the, whether it's an injury or whether it's just a tough time in your life, I think, if you really love the sport that you're playing, then you, you can use that to help you with it and to get you through, um, I mean, anything really. And so if you just, if you care about it and if you're willing to put the work into it, then it'll, it'll pay off in the end. You just got to trust the process. No, I like that. Um, I like the, the, the note you made there about perseverance. So, you know, one, even for myself, cause we all get into our heads a little bit. Um, every athlete I've had on this so far has kind of told a similar story of highs and lows and ups and downs. And, um, like when I think about my own story, I'm like, yeah, there's tons of highs and lows and ups and downs. Like other athletes don't have the same amount as me, but everyone does. Like all of us have, yeah, this, there's this, no escaping this, it. There's no linear path to no. being successful in sport and life in general. So, yeah, um, not at all. another great piece of advice, um, from another great local, uh, product, uh, basketball player from Brockville born and raised. Were you born in Brockville? Sorry. Yeah, I was Brockville yeah. general. Born and raised in Brockville and uh, now playing as the sixth man on the second best team in the country. So I, I think you're, you're headed great places. You're still so young. You're so talented. You got your head on your shoulders. Um, I appreciate your time on this podcast and we're going to wrap it up here. So that was uh, episode eight of Athletic Insights with Jackson Bales. Jackson, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, man. And we're out.